Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let the stream breathe here just for a moment while we bring on. Oh, we got everybody, it looks like. But let me, let me double check that, save changes here. And uh, we're good. So welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was interesting today. We, I wouldn't say it's the last time we're going to get to hear from Drew Locke in the, in the 2020 season. Actually, it is. This is the last time in 2020 we're going to hear from Drew Locke because fans will get to hear from him one more time following Sunday's game against the Raiders. But um, ooh, why is that? Tell- I'm getting a weird notification from the Facebook group. That's weird. Uh, but anyway, Drew Locke was asked, "Hey, what have you been told by John Elway or and or Vic Fangio about your job security? Uh, as far as are you going to be the guy in uh, in 2020 or excuse me, 2021?" And he said basically that nothing is in set in stone. So in other words, he kind of implied that he's been, you know, that it's been the assumption is he's the guy, but nothing is set in stone. Does that surprise anybody? Not me. Uh, I mean, I, he has enough self-awareness, and we talk about this on previous podcasts. Say what you want about him being immature, being young, but he's he's wise mentally, and he's wise emotionally, and he knows the score. He hasn't done enough this season, and he blew his opportunity, if you want to look at it on a macro level, of being the guy for this season, and he knows nothing is going to be handed to him next year unlike this year. He has to work for it. He's going to have to compete probably with a veteran or another uh, young quarterback, a rookie quarterback. He knows he's going to have to fight because he did not do enough this year to earn the Broncos' trust going into next year. I'm not surprised. All right, I'm just real quick, guys. Bear with me. Some quick housekeeping. The the MHH Superfan stream, for some reason, with StreamYard, it didn't connect, so I'm having to reset it. So, yeah, I mean, look, Drew Locke, he's still in a kind of limbo. Because he didn't, he didn't go out in 2020 and leave no question, right? All he did was kind of leave more open-ended questions, and and so it's it's one of those situations where the Broncos, you know, they're they're still evaluating it. Although I'll tell you, Zach, I think by and large it might not be what a lot of people want to hear. And in fact, if you turn on Denver radio right now, all you're going to hear is how Drew Locke, you know, is, is a waste a wasted experiment. He's a bust. The Broncos need to go all in on a new guy in the draft. 
They need to fire Elway. They need to fire Fangio. They need to fire Shermer. They need to restart at the quarterback position. I mean, it's burn it all down, apocalyptic tones here coming out of Denver radio. But you're not listening to Denver radio. You're listening to the Huddle Up podcast. We're trying to bring you a more nuanced, reasonable perspective. And the reality is the Broncos view Drew Locke as still being kind of on that developmental curve. And, you know, if you take away the week two start against Pittsburgh, Zach, where he played half of a quarter before missing it, he's got basically 16 full games under his belt as an NFL starter. And in those 16 games, he's eight and eight. You know, he's got about 3,600 passing yards and 21 touchdowns to off the top of my head, I think it's 18 picks. So if you were to take any first, second round quarterback, Drew's a second rounder, and, and say, hey, you know, your first 16 starts, you end up eight and eight, you throw 21 touchdowns, just shy of 4,000 yards and 18 picks. I think by and large, most fans would kind of take the perspective of we like what we see, we feel like the best is yet to come. But unfortunately for Drew Locke, he's coming in on the tail end of this unprecedented era of losing. You know, Broncos now being the first NFL team since the Super Bowl era to win a Super Bowl and go five years missing the playoffs. And so it's not always it's not his fault that, that John Elway busted on Simeon, busted on Lynch, busted on Keenum, busted on Joe Flacco, but he's now paying part of the part of the fervor around Locke right now. He's he's shouldering some of that, you know, uh, scrutiny. It's funny because, you know, Denver Sports Radio said Vic Fangio could be fired. And on this podcast, we've been saying for the entire year now, Fangio is likely safe going into 21. Denver Radio said that Brett Rippon could come in and replace Locke sometime this season if Locke flounders. We told you Locke was going to get the majority, if not all of the starts, you know, except for injury. And that actually happens. We've tried to keep everyone, you know, in tune and up to date, but also objective as to where the Broncos are leaning and how Locke is doing and the entire future of the operation. And it's a, it's a good point that you make that the fan base is taking out their frustrations, going back to Peyton Manning, going all the failed quarterbacks from Pey- Paxton Lynch down to Joe Flacco, and Locke was supposed to be the savior to that. He was supposed to be the answer and the end-all, be-all, and he wasn't. At times, he looked like he could have been. Other times, he looked like he never threw a football in his life before. We also said on this podcast, though, it's a process. It's growing pains. It's lumps. It's ups and downs. It's not pretty. It's ugly. It's frustrating. you got to go through it when you develop a young quarterback in the NFL. And going into next year, again, you don't need – he doesn't have to be lock and all pro. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler as long as he has even close to a 2-1 to interception touchdown ratio you know, or reverse that, touchdown interception. If he's even competent, if the, if the offense is average, if he protects the football, they play good defense, they have good backs, they have good you know, tight ends, they have good receivers, they, they can win. They just be average, be consistent. I think he realizes that. And you know what? Despite what his box scores say, he's taken steps in that direction in the second half of the season. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so many questions still, you know, as far as Vic Fangio's coming back. But is Pat Shermer coming back? Tom McMahon, it's, it's going to be no surprise of this podcast if Tom McMahon is relieved of his duties. But what do you do about offensive coordinator? Because, Zach, you've taken a lot of fiery darts and a lot of bullets from uh, you know well-intended fans. I'm not, I'm not questioning the fans on this, but just people that felt like you, were, you have been too quick to criticize Shermer instead of criticizing Locke during this entire season. And over time, I've ended up getting on the same page with you on Shermer. I was I was of the of the opinion the first half of this season that the Broncos would be better off if you're going to stick with Locke in 2021 to keep Shermer around, give him that continuity, give him that 
I mean, if nothing else, Zach, remove that as an excuse, right, for his third year. Remove the excuse that, hey, man, another coordinator had to learn a new scheme, all that stuff. Throw that out the window. But as we've marched farther and farther into this season, I've liked the Pat Shermer's scheming less and less and less, even though he's shown some modest improvements. But it's a it's a round it's a square peg round hole with Shermer. Yeah. And there's a reason why the Broncos are, you know, one of the top one or two worst offenses in the league statistically right now. We can go through some of the numbers and it devolves to Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer shares the sh- shoulders, I should say, the majority of the blame for that. And then Drew Locke. And then, of course, it trickles down to the to the role players. But what do you do about Pat Shermer? Because that's really a big question, not only in the ultimate destiny of your young quarterback, but your team. Did you find the right guy? I think Fangio wanted to hire a guy who could be the head coach of the offense. And maybe you got that, Vic, in terms of a details guy and handling the business and allowing you to just you know do your thing. But the, it didn't come out in the wash, Zach. I still think, uh, regardless of Locke's status next year, I, I know the common notion is if Locke comes back, then Shermer's coming back for continuity, and that might be the case. There's probably looking like a 70% chance it's going to be the case. It's Locke and Shermer, the status quo for 2021. I'm of the mind, though, you have to have a young creative mind in this business who succeed. Even look at what Kellen Moore is doing with Andy Dalton in Dallas right now. He's down three of his starting linemen, I mean, he's Andy Dalton's a mediocre average quarterback, and now they're on a three-game winning streak and they're putting up 30, 35 points a game. If you have a young mind, look at every single team in the NFL right now that's competitive, except for the Chiefs. You have a young offensive mind at the controls. You have someone that's creative and has been around the today's NFL. And by today, I mean from 2016 to 2020, not from 2005 to 2020. And that's where I feel like Pat Shermer is stuck in. He's stuck with the McNabs and the Case Keenums. This is not the same type of league. It's not the same quarterback. He's shown flashes, but those flashes, Chad, have been little nothings compared to how bad he's looked overall, not getting his players involved, his game plan, his situational management, and the ultimate indictment on Pat Shermer. He was hired for one reason specifically, and that was to develop the young quarterback in Drew Locke. And he didn't take a step forward this year. He took actually steps backward this year. So if that's how we judge Pat Shermer as a coach, then Pat Shermer failed as a coach. If Locke failed as a quarterback this year, then Pat Shermer failed as a coach. It was funny because as I was driving home today, I spent a lot of today out in the city driving around with uh, my my family and going to a few places and, and whatnot. And on the way back, I turned on Denver radio. Um, and it was funny, Zach, because I heard people saying something to the effect of Pat Shermer's scheme, you know, looks like a, he's stuck in the 90s. And I just thought, you know, that's biting. That's biting my boy style. Zach's been saying <laughs> he's been stuck in, in, you know, 2005 now for weeks. But we'll, we got so much more to get to. Uh, we'll, we'll get to your questions, concerns, comments. We got a few supers stacked up. We're going to get to each and every one of you here in just a moment. But first, gang. As, uh, as you know how we do it here, we got to take a second to handle a few matters of business, starting with the sponsor of tonight's live stream. Yes, guys. Tonight's live stream podcast is brought to you by sportsbetting.com. Broncos con- country, as you know, gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado. And here's what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for sports fans like you who are looking to make watching your favorite sports a little more interesting. It's a no-brainer destination, but here's why. First of all, sharp odds and low juice. They have in-house bookmakers. They're not a third-party service. They have reduced juice and the best prices you will find anywhere on the World Wide Web. 
Also, hassle-free bonuses with a one-time rollover. What that means is the bonus money is yours after you bet it just one time, whereas other sites and competitors make you bet it five to 30 times to get that bonus money. Big difference there. Also, 24-7 live customer support. When you contact sportsbetting.com, you are always getting a real person in the U.S., never a robot, always a real live human being. But here's the kicker right now. After you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will match it up to $750. That's $750 in free bet credits. Plus, right now, with the NBA season in full swing, you also get $25 in free bet credits. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle and capitalize on up to $750 in free bet credits and start 2021 on the right foot. All right, guys, a couple other quick things here. Make sure... As this show continues to grow, everyone knows how to connect with us on social media. First and foremost, connect with the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and then the main account, at MileHighHuddle. If you have those two accounts followed on Twitter, you'll miss nothing as it relates to the podcast, programming, announcements, all that, or breaking Broncos news and analysis. Also, you're going to want to follow my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, as you can see on screen here, at KelbermanNFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then also a, a gentle reminder to head on over to the merch store and get your swag on. Get yourself a trucker hat. Get yourself an MHH hoodie as you see Zach rocking it there. Face masks, polos, uh, tees, little something for everybody. Mugs. They're comfy too. They're they nice. are. It's a, it's, a, it's a great hoodie. It's a, another way to support what we're doing here. And then here's another call to action for those of you on Facebook. Zach, myself, and Kim Becker, we got together yesterday to iron out the final uh, details on what we're going to be rolling out starting the first week of January for our Facebook official supporters. You know, Zach, we got like 91 plus thousand following uh, following us on Facebook right now on the page. And a quarter or not even a quarter, a fraction of that have clicked the big blue button that says become a supporter. And they're in like Flint. We're going to be dedicating specific content, specific shows, one of which is going to be uh, Kelberman's Corner, we're going to call it Zach's Hot Take of the week. And there's going to be some debating between either Zach and myself, uh, Zach, someone else on, on some of these hot takes. And of course, we're going to continue to do these live streams every day, the live pods. That's, that's church. That's set in stone. That's going to continue, but we're also going to carve out a little something, something as a benefit for the official supporters. So if that's something that uh, you want to get in on, just go to the page on Facebook, mile high huddle, click the big blue button and you're in like Flynn. And that content starts first week of January. And if you can't do any of those things, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here. Each one of you, though, whether you're with us live or listening after the fact, can do these three things. Number one, subscribe. Number two, like the video. Crucial on Facebook, crucial on on YouTube. And then the third thing is the litmus test. And that is if we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there. Help us grow. Reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Last spring, you chose hard-working seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield. 
and how the seed performed on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. Another week, another Broncos loss, but this time to the Chargers. There's always something, though, to help brighten your week after such a tough loss, and that's Coors Hard Seltzer, rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability as a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Gang, never before has it been so easy to make a difference in the world and volunteer whatever you're doing by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer. You're volunteering because our waterways, gang, they are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up, but through a partnership with Change the Course, Course Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. The way it works, each 12-pack of Course Hard Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results, 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River, and that's just year one. Four refreshing flavors, gang. One Cool Cause, enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon, lime, and grapefruit. The specs are in. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories, Zach. Ooh, Chad, what a tough loss today's game was, but the one constant, the one thing that makes me happy throughout this entire season has been the Coors Hard Seltzer. Today I had my black cherry with me, but it's been I've been changing that up as I've gone along every week. And going forward into the offseason, Coors Hard Seltzer is my drink of choice. So, gang, you heard it here. Make a difference. Join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John, I know we have a super sticker that uh, you're hot to trot on. Let's grab it real quick. And it's, of course, from our superstar. Everyone knows him, Stu Meat. Good to see you, my friend. We appreciate that gift of a, of a super chat. Stu Meat, Zach, just so consistent. Yeah, Stu, thank you so much. It's always it's a little levity in our podcast every single night. So thank you, Stu. We appreciate that. Indeed. And also, since I see his name there, Travis, hope everything went okay with grandma. Let us know. Let us know how that yeah. went, my friend. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers been up for you. All right, Bison M, fellow drummer in the Hizzy. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. Congrats on uh his band has had great success out there. If you're into metal and all that stuff, I like a lot of that stuff. And Bison M drums in a band in uh, in Seattle, and his band, this great big congratulations to him, uh, was named by the Seattle Times. His record, the album they put out last year, is one of the top ten records. So, congrats oh, nice. on that, Bison. Very cool. Yeah. And right. as everyone knows, who's a student of rock music at all, Seattle is considered to be one of the meccas, right, all time of of important, crucial rock music. So that's great, man. Congrats Wasn't to you. It- a big grunge scene. I'm not. A, I've never been a huge uh, rock guy, but I do yeah. know that Seattle is the birthplace of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, uh, Mud Honey. Shoot, is it the Melvins? I think might be from Seattle. A lot of those '90s bands everyone knows and loves from uh, you know the grunge era. But yeah, Seattle, great, great music scene. Back in the day, in my uh, 
touring days, my band days, we played a lot of shows in Seattle. It was just always a vibrant, humming music scene. So congrats. Chris, Cor- Chris Cornell. Yeah, he's, he's uh, nope. always liked him. Again, never liked the music that much, but I've liked him and his bands. All right, let's grab uh, Muhammad here too. Appreciate the super chat. MHH male model rocking the trucker and the hoodie. He, you take my head, well, take my cap, put it on Zach's neck there, and you see that's what Muhammad's rocking here in the, <laughs> in the profile pic. Uh, we missed you too, my friend. We missed you too. We've been itching to get back on the mic and, and see everybody here. Yeah. So, uh, Zach, one thing is, as we kind of go through, and, and John will get some of these supers queued up and ready to go, it was interesting. You know, we talk about – 2021 and what the future might hold. Vic Fangio was asked today whether or not, you know, what's the distance, what's the gap between where Noah Fant is as a, as a young tight end and Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, because, you know, the two leading tight ends in the, in the NFL, both unfortunately happen to be in the AFC West. And so what's the distance between Fant and those guys? And to paraphrase them, I can grab the full quote. Fangio said that he's close, that, that Fant is close. And if you look at the stats this year, I mean, we have we have lamented on this podcast the entire year how underutilized Fant, uh, Fant has been in the Shermer scheme. And I think a lot of that's on Shermer, and I think part of that's on Drew. Uh, and, and just overall, you know, quarterback inconsistency. But despite all that, Zach, he's still the sixth highest in terms of receptions, yardage, production, in terms of receptions and yards, they'll say. There's only sixth. Uh, tight ends that have more catches and yards than him in the league right now. Um, but he's only got three touchdowns. Then he sees TJ Hawkinson, right? His former Iowa Hawkeye brother who went before him, the only tight end drafted before Noah last year, get to the Pro Bowl with very similar numbers. I mean, the only difference really between what Hawkinson's got on the board right now and Fant is a few more touchdowns, if we're being frank. But it just goes to show you that, you know, Fant, there he's only scratched the surface. Like, this is a dynamic, bona fide superstar just waiting to be unleashed, which brings me back to Shermer on is he, you know, on the topic of is he the OC? Is he the tactician to get him over that hump? I answered that question in week one when they went into halftime against the Titans in a very winnable game, and Noah Fant was their leading receiver. I think he had like 80 something yards. He was close to 100 yards in the first half. He didn't get one, I think he got what, one second half target, and that was on the last drive of the game. That's when I knew Pat Shermer was not the guy, at least to utilize the weapons that he has. Little did I know how bad he was going to turn into with, with Locke and the quarterbacking, but Noah Fant is a superstar waiting to happen. And I caught some flack the other day when I said the Broncos could have 3,000-yard receivers next year. I really believe that. He has all-pro potential, but the difference, to answer the hypothetical question here, is the quarterbacking play. And I'm a big fan of Locke, but... Derek Carr has been consistent this year, at least more consistent. Obviously, Mahomes in Kansas City, Kelsey's his safety blanket. Even Hunter Henry in in Los Angeles, he has a quarterback in Justin Herbert that's consistent. Once he gets that down with Locke or another quarterback, he will explode, Chad. He is a 1,000, 1,200-yard guy waiting to happen. It's funny you say that because, as I mentioned, six tight ends ahead of Noah Fant in the entire NFL in terms of stats – all uh, three of the six are the other AFC West tight end, man. Yeah. So it's a it's a very crowded division when it comes to upper echelon tight end talent. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. James, jumping in with a very generous super chat. Really means a lot to us, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, James. Appreciate you, my brother. He says, love the show. Denver Sports Radio is just way too negative. You know, that's one thing to keep in mind, that there's a there's a reason why radio is radio and podcasts are podcasts. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, to be frank, but one of the big differences is, you know, people on the radio, what their, their, their um, priority, all right, is a little bit different than a podcast. They, they know that the majority of their listening audience are people that are hopping in the car, driving from place to place on a commute or something, and they want to capture as much of that person's attention as possible before they get out of the car, all right? And so how do you do that? Well, you do it by being controversial. You do it by being argumentative. You do it by driving wedges. <clears throat> you know, that's the old radio trick. And with podcasts, that's not how we, that's not how we play the game. We play the game by getting on here, letting our hair down a little bit, breaking down issues, kind of deep diving, knowing that the people who are going to find us are going to find us. And they're going to listen not to just five minutes while they're in the car. They're going to listen while they're doing the dishes. They're going to listen while they're out mowing the lawn or shoveling snow off the driveway. It becomes woven into the fabric of their daily life. And by the way, thank you for the stars, Marcus. And so that's a big thing to understand, Zach, is that the priorities and thus the focus and the objectives of, a, of radio compared to podcasting is just they're wildly different. And that's why radio so often comes off as inauthentic because it is. For sure. Yeah. And you know what? They're negative because they have to be and they have to be because they have to have ratings. And the way they have ratings is to, like Chad said, it's it's verbal clickbait. It's it's getting you to engage on on topics or causing dissension. Remember the fan with their team Paxson versus team Trevor? Same thing like that. It, they're supposed to cover the Broncos, not cause two camps to form. But you know what? They they suckered us in and we listened to them. We don't have to worry about that. We don't need clickbait. We don't need to tease. We will get the views because we know we have a dedicated viewer base. And also, we're, we're telling it like it is, Chad. Sometimes we're negative, but other times we're positive, and we don't have to resort to the extremes. Same reason that on FS1, Skip versus Shannon Sharp, you don't listen to that for their, for their knowledge. You listen to that because they, they, they hate each other on, on camera, and they're going back and forth, and you want to hear that fighting and that dissension. It's the same reason for sports radio. It's like that anecdote, all right? I'm going to tell a little a little secret behind closed doors um, anecdote that Kim shared with us yesterday. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. And that is that, you know, she interned at, at Fox Sports 1, and 
was there, uh, you know, she did some work on that show with Shannon and, uh, and Skip. What is it called? Undisputed? Is that what it's yeah. called? All right. So um, she told us a story, and I hope I'm not talking too much out of school here, Kim, so forgive me if I am. But, <laughs> she, but I don't think it's really, um, you know, it's, it's nothing risky here. But nevertheless, she was there and witnessed a particular topic that was on the rundown for them to debate. And Shannon Sharp said, well, what's your take? What's your position on this then, Skip? And Skip said, this, my position is A. And Shannon said, well, that's my position too. And the producer says, well, you're going to have to take the opposite position because we need to have the debate. We need to have the wedge. And so they did, right? That's why it comes off as inauthentic. And people don't even – it's more like people turn into tune into this show for our opinions, sure. But in that sense, they're they're more tuning in for the hot take, right? They're tuning in for the debate more so than the actual merit or content of the analysis. Right. And, Chad, we'll debate sometimes. We, we take different positions sometimes, but we never – Name call, we never go, we never yell. We don't need that type of Jerry Springer, Maury Povich type of entertainment to get, you know, what we do here, unlike sports radio. But we digress. We do. Let's get back to Broncos. Mike Evans, good to see you, my friend. Still one of our favorite profile picks on YouTube among the, the superstars. Rocking the, the huddle up tee, and he's got that awesome stadium, right? Empower Field at Mile High, yeah, right? Man. Love you, Mike. you, Mike. And by the way, Mike, season's about over. And things will slow down for us again. We're going to want to get you back on the show soon in 2021. Pick your brain on what the heck should happen here in uh, the next few weeks. So we'll, we'll be in touch. But Mike says, I don't think we get rid of Shermer. How many offensive coordinators have we had in the last five years? And then what signal would it send to the other coaching candidates? It's a, I mean, it's a fair point. And, Mike, that's why I'm with you that I doubt that it happens uh, but the difference for me now is that the first half of the season, I was openly advocating for even as bad as it was offensively for the Broncos. I was openly advocating for, hey, you know, he's, he didn't get the offseason reps. He didn't get uh, preseason. He got a weirdly structured training camp. So many reps were left on the cutting room floor, and they basically had to get those reps under their belt in a live bullet scenario where the stakes are high. The stakes are the actual record. The stakes are games that count. And so give the dude another year, give the lock and the offense that continuity. But the farther we've gotten into the season, Zach, the more I've realized that, you know, when you know it ain't the guy, you know, it ain't the guy. And some people might say, Hey, look, that's how I feel about Drew. I know he ain't the guy and you're entitled to your opinion. My opinion is I don't think Shermer is the guy with Drew. I'm still open to the possibility. He's shown me enough in terms of flashes and progress, knowing like you say, Zach, that he's still in the process that he could still be that guy. I haven't seen anything from Shermer that would indicate that. So unless you're, but you know, it, I don't know what you would look for in terms of selling points to keep him at this stage, I guess is my point. There's not one redeeming quality about Pat Shermer. And the only redeeming quality is a theoretical that his supporters come up with that say they don't have the offseason reps and Locke has been inconsistent. There's been injuries. All the apologists want to give Shermer the extra year. But when you look at it, what has he done to warrant that extra year? And let me tell you something. I, I I understand what Mike is saying here, and I think he comes back not because you know he's the right man for the job. I think the Broncos are going out of their way and overcompensating this season to have continuity among the coaching staff. I think they regret firing Sangarello. Honestly, either Elway or Vic Fangio. They know they made a mistake and they don't want to do that again. I though I have a different approach. If you have the right guy for the job, if you can get the next Sean McVay, and you don't know it in the moment, 
You can get the next Kyle Shanahan, the next Cliff Kingsbury. You do that. You get the guy for your quarterback. You don't get the quarterback for your offensive coordinator. So I think Shermer's going to return, but I don't see anything he's done that would warrant a second year on paper. While I was listening to the fan today, it was an interesting point that I want to say it was Sandy Clough brought up, and he's been in the market on Denver radio for 42 years. This man's knowledge of all things sports is literally uh, encyclopedic. But he brought up the point that the last two quarterbacks to go 11 straight games with a with a turnover are Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. And who was the play caller for both of those quarterbacks? Pat Shermer, in terms of when the streak happened. So something to consider. James Moss, love you, bro. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Interesting question. Is Brett Rippon too young <laughs> to be our offensive coordinator? And as I serve this over to you, Zach, I want to also mention that uh, Kellen Moore down in Dallas recently revealed he wants to be a head coach someday in the league. So that's neither here nor there. But, you know, if they did make a change at Fangio, it's something to kind of keep in the back of the noggin. But your thoughts on Rippon being the OC? Well, Kellen Moore started out as the quarterback's coach in Dallas after he retired as a quarterback there. So, he, you know, Rippon, he has, he's going to be a coach. And I wrote about this when he gave Locke the advice on the sideline. He, he is a future coach waiting to happen. I just think they start him off small, like as an offensive assistant or quality control, quarterback's coach, then you work your way up. Uh, quarterback's coach, I think, is a better niche for him right now. He's shown uh, nothing so far in his young career that he can call plays. Developing a quarterback and coaching a quarterback is one thing, but it's something to keep an eye on in like, you know, three to five years. Yeah, I mean, Brett Rippon, look, he's still knee-deep in his playing career. Like his opportunity, he's, you know, you want to talk about a guy that's just scratching the surface. He might not be, uh, you know, a Drew Locke in terms of pedigree, draft pedigree, or even talent in terms of, you know, raw athletic ability as a quarterback. But the dude has already proven that he has and can offer NFL teams, including the Broncos, who's signing his checks right now, utility as a backup so that's valuable and you know there's no telling how long that wave can a guy can ride that wave in the league I mean look at some of the guys like Fitzpatrick and uh, right. the other guy from Mizzou I'm forgetting his name dude the um, Chase Daniel thank you um, you know it can, so he's that's still quite the the distant consideration but this is the overtime podcast network Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. One from Caleb on YouTube this, who says, if we get a new OC, then should we let them choose to stick with Locke or move on kind of like Kingsbury? What's your take on that? That would that would depend on what the Broncos decide going into the offseason, what they want to do with Locke, whether he is the starting quarterback or whether they're going to upgrade at the position. If they do fire Pat Shermer, the guy they would interview, there would be an understanding like, listen, either Drew Locke is the guy and you have to work with him or Drew Locke is kind of on tenuous terms and we're looking at veterans, we're looking at these players, give us your input. He's going to have his his say in the offensive operation, obviously, but that's my point, though. If you can find the next Cliff Kingsbury, if you can find the next McVay, why would you want to keep Pat Shermer when you've known what you have in him? You've seen what Pat Shermer is, and you reference Daniel Jones. This is who the guy is. He cannot coach a young quarterback. And if you can find a guy, whoever that may be, the next young hotshot, who you have conviction enough to think he can be the next Kingsbury, he can coach Drew Locke, he can make him a franchise quarterback, then you hire that guy. You fit your quarterback to the coordinator. Exactly. That's exactly my take is that it depends on where that team is in terms of their, their situation at quarterback. If they have a young guy who they feel like they haven't quite been able to match up with the right coordinator, but they still believe in the young guy, then you find the coordinator who not, you not only think can be that guy to, to bond and gel with that, that quarterback and scheme to his strengths, but a guy who actively wants to be that guy, who actively says, look, I see what he could be. I see what Drew Locke could become. I want that job. And let me grab this one real quick from uh, Michael on YouTube. What position do we draft in the first round of uh, the draft in, in April? Zach, you, you start this one. I mean, you can, you can just do it off the cuff or is it under the assumption Drew staying on as the guy, whatever you see happening. I mean, you can lay out. There's only like, realistically, we talked about these yesterday. We had our little pod meeting chat for the draft and we talked about where the Broncos could go uh, in the draft in the first round. There's only so many positions. They're not going to go a receiver or a tight end. I don't think quarterback. I, I don't think even if, you know, Fields falls or Zach Wilson falls, I do not think right now they take a first round quarterback. To me, it has to be corner or inside linebacker. It has to be Farley or Micah Parsons, as far as I'm concerned, though that's contingent on where they're picking, Chad. If they pick 15, they're not going to probably get either player. They're picking five, they have the pick of the litter. But to me, if it's a non quarterback, it's got to be corner or inside linebacker. Yep. Yep. That's it to me as well. It's, you got to reinvest on the, on the defensive side. You know, the offense has received the um, lion's share of the premium picks over the last three drafts. Oh, uh, we're sorry to hear that by the yeah. way, Travis, uh, so prayers sorry, for Travis. your family. That's tough. My friend, I, uh, I've been there and it sucks and there's no getting around it. So prayers up for you, my yes. friend. We, we uh, you know, that's just crappy, my friend. So sorry to hear that. Um, but in terms of uh, the draft, it really is Zach. It's they gotta they gotta. You've seen how thin they are at some of these positions, and I don't think they were wrong to invest so many of their recent premium round picks on the offensive side because man, the offense been terrible since Super Bowl fifty. I mean, even twenty fifteen's offense was not good, yeah. but now the pendulum has swung too far the other way, and it's all about corner and it's all about. Uh, it's all about linebacker in this draft. So let's grab Mark here, a super chat. You got it, Travis. Uh, you got it, buddy. Um, he says, and thank you for the super, Mark. He says, went through the seven stages of grief this season and now looking to the future of this team with hope. By the way, I caught the Modelo and will kick its, you know what? The Modelo. 
Zach, interpret. You're better at this than me. I thought they meant like a beer. You <laughs> I, do. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let us know, Mark, what you meant. Clarify we, for we, us. We stick with the Coors Hard Seltzer on the show. <laughs> we know that. Um, but Mark, uh, we feel you, my friend. You know, really, it's just one of the things so tragic and what makes this season just the epitome of disappointing and bitter is that there really were such high hopes for this team in 2020, Zach. He meant the CV. He meant the word that shall go unnamed. He just uh, said, so, yeah, so sorry, Mark, to hear that. I hope you're okay. Uh, let us know. You say you're going to kick its its behind. So we know you will, but let us know if we can do anything, and uh, our prayers are with you. Our yeah, for sure. You will, my friend. You'll you'll tackle it. We have no doubt of this. Just uh, get those fluids in you, right, my friend? And, yeah, uh, zinc, vitamin D. You'd be good. You got this. Uh, all right, one more here from Cody, who says, and thank you for the super chat. Cody's just, anytime he's in the stream, he's he's super chat, superstar. So much love to you, Cody. He says, every draft pick this year should be spent on defense. Sign a true veteran quarterback to mentor Locke, and then give the coaches and Locke 2021. So just go all in on defense. You've built, this is a fair point to be made. Hear me out on this. And Cody, hear us out. Um You've got the pieces on offense because look at look at 2021. You're going to get Juwan James back at right tackle. You can say goodbye to Elijah Wilkinson. You can bring him back if you want. You can re-sign DeMar Dotson if you want. Whatever. Maybe Calvin Anderson is your, your, your swing tackle next year. Either way, you've got a solidified, respectable O-line from Garrett Bowles to Dalton Reisner to Lloyd to Graham Glasgow. you got a good swing guard now in Natani Muti and then James at right tackle. Then – you got the quarterback. You got Drew, assuming they stick with Drew. And then you got Melvin. And then, of course, they're probably, I mean, 90% chance, of course, that uh, Philip Lindsay gets tendered as a restricted free agent and brought back. So you got Philip and Melvin again in 2021, ostensibly. And then you look at the skill positions beyond that Sutton coming back, Judy in year two, Hamler in year two, Alberto in year two, and then Fant taking that next step. So, offense, honestly, what more can you do unless you're going to start over a quarterback? The defense, meanwhile, Zach, even though even though the Broncos are one of the teams with the most salary cap dollars tied up in defense, all those dudes weren't on the field this year. So you got to start over there and invest money. I, I agree, and I wouldn't go overboard and say every draft pick, right. Cody, um, but I feel you. Yeah, I think the premium pick should be invested for the most part in the defense. But, Chad, this is one instance where we can debate. I mean, you look at the running backs. There's a there's a possibility Lindsey doesn't come back. There's a possibility they avoid Melvin Gordon's contract because of the suspension. He might not come back. Uh, an injury could happen. You know, Juwan James could decide to have another siesta for another year. He might <laughs> retire. I mean, you never know what could happen. You need a backup guard, a backup center, a backup left tackle. So I, I agree with the premise. I also want to draft a young quarterback in the second or third round. But I agree, the first round for sure, inside linebacker or cornerback. You have to in- put back in the defense now because they're getting by on veterans. They're getting by on the highly paid guys like Kareem Jackson and, and A.J. Boye. You have to restock the cupboard at those spots. Uh, we got Base Gase in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Love you. Appreciate you. He says, in 2020, we saw Elway let Fangio pick his offensive coordinator. In 2021, will Elway let Fangio handpick his own quarterback? Well, I submit to you, Base Gase, that Fangio did participate in the hand selection of a quarterback, and that was Drew Locke. Now, we don't know exactly how in on Locke um, – Fangio was in the 2019 draft, but remember that was his maiden draft as the head coach. You got to assume that there were plenty of pre-draft meetings saying, 
look, we've got the veteran coming in and, and Joe Flacco to hold the fort down. We need to get the Fangio quarterback. We need to get the Fangio future franchise guy. You look across the, the landscape of options that year, you know, really in terms of where the Broncos were picking, it was Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones was gone. No, Daniel Jones was a six, wasn't he? So I think maybe they could have taken Daniel Jones, but they traded back. No, no, they were 10. My bad. Daniel Jones wasn't an option. And then, so it really was Dwayne Haskins and Drew. They, the Redskins, excuse me, Washington football team took, uh, took Haskins. The Broncos took Drew. So I think I submit that, that Fangio's quarterback is locked for better or for worse. Honestly, I don't want either of them picking a quarterback considering their histories. I mean, it's just, I'd rather have a neutral arbiter in there, you know, picking a quarterback. But listen, if I'm Elway, I, I would actually insist that Fangio is a part of the quarterback picking process if it's not Drew Locke. Because listen, this is the mandate I'm giving Vic Fangio. Yeah, you get 2021, but you better. You have to take a bigger hand in the offense. And that starts at quarterback. I don't care. You want to be defensive coordinator. You want to stick to one side. You better be about the offense next year. So you better be in every meeting, every evaluation, every scouting process. I want Fangio there. He's the head coach of the team, Chad. By the way, Zeus McPeak, love you, my friend. Good to see you. Mount Rushmore, Zeus, as we know him in this place. Hope you had a phenomenal holiday season, my friend. We hope you have a great new year as well, because what are we? We're sitting here on December 30th. Tomorrow night is New Year's Eve. Uh, One more day of this year, Chad. One more day. Yeah, we get to put this this, uh, crappy year in the rear view. But, Stu, you have made – this has been a crappy year, but let me tell you something, and I I think I can speak for Zach on this as well. Yep. 2020 has been the singular most rewarding year of my professional life covering this team. Blast. Had an absolute blast. So many ups and downs, of course. And you you, you would prefer to cover a team that's winning ball games week in, week out. But Zach, we were one of the voices during the entire pandemic from March podcasting every single day, from March all the way through till, you know, camp officially kicked off. We're the ones saying, look, it's gonna happen. We see the the league and the owners and the players coming together, finding a way, making a way. And it happened. And then we rolled with those punches in the meantime, some of the uncertainty because we we believed we maintained optimism, but we didn't know for sure. We navigated that trial and error, the, those pitfalls. We get to the season and then talk about pitfalls. It was just one dude falling after the other. And it's just despite the ups and downs, Zach, in terms of the relationships we've built, in terms of in the in our community and the fan base, in terms of seeing how much the show has grown, in terms of seeing how much MHH has grown. I mean, this month right now in December, we are set just at milehighhuddle.com. We are set to double the big, the biggest month we've ever had at MHH. We're doubling it right now in December because of you guys. So even though 2020 in a macro sense has been a crappy year, and, and it really has, the pandemic has just been unbelievably tragic, but it's also been extremely the flip side of that rewarding for, for MHH and what we do here in our little sphere. I know that when my life was in upheaval as everyone else's was during the pandemic and all this year, this was four nights a week, Chad, the rock for me. This was my stabilization. It's my comfort zone. I'm not just saying that that's the actual truth. And Chad feels the same way. We talk about it all the time. And Stu, you were there since day one. You are an MHH founding father. When we print the currency, you will be on the dollar bill. Trust. Trust indeed. Tom El Greco, north of the 49th parallel. Love you, buddy. He's a guy that proves Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. And he says, what are your resolutions, boys, for next year? Let me know and have a safe, healthy, virus-free new year. 
Thanks, boys. Appreciate you, Tom. Uh, resolutions. Well, I'll take it to the to the personal side of things. You know, when my gym got shut down because of things, I kind of let the uh, the dad bod go a little bit, and I gotta I gotta rein you know rein that in, reel it in a little bit. I gotta tighten things up. I got a new baby coming. I'm not talking about this baby. I'm talking about my wife is pregnant. Okay, <laughs> in June, and uh, so I gotta I gotta get back on board with my uh, my workout routine. So that's my individual resolutions that. In my personal one, I mean, uh, I, I think, well, it's also my, my professional one. I'm continuing to kind of just grind away my career and, and just advance myself and kind of push forward and take this pod chat to new height. We talked about that yesterday. And personally, it's going to sound cliche and bland, but I just want to have a, a, a normal year next year. I want, you know, my gym to be open on time. I, I don't want to have to, you know, necessarily wear a mask everywhere I go. I want life to be boring again as it was before 2020. That's what I'm hoping for. But thank you, Tom. We want nothing would be sweeter, right? Than a than than an actual return to to normalcy. Yes, uh, even a little, just a little bit. Dave from Georgia, good to see you, my friend. Another guy that's been with us now a long, long time, and never ceases to amaze us in terms of his generosity and support for MHH. So, love you, Dave. He says, "Is there a safety good enough to use a premium pick rounds one through three? Well, you know, we could. Um, we could pull some some rankings up and go through it if you want, Zach. We can. We're at forty one minutes. We got a little bit of time, but this is a good opportunity to make sure everyone knows what we um, organized, what we hammered out last night. We had a meeting amongst all the pod hosts, and what we wanted to do this year that's a little bit different than what we've done in years past is, you know, once we actually get to the off season, shows like Building the Broncos, Dove Valley Deep Divers, and then of course Mile High Insiders as well. So much of their content, so much of the topics that they're going to be deep diving on, and we will as well, obviously, on this show, but is the draft. And I think one thing that's really hard for a lot of people who listen to the show is not everyone is an expert on who all the names are, right, all the prospects. And then you start hearing the pod hosts throwing out, I like this prospect at this pick, at this round, and I, uh, and here's my top five at this position and all that. And a lot of names end up, it, you know, it gets lost in the shuffle and it's hard for people to stay engaged and really know who and what the hosts and the shows are talking about. So what we've decided to do is a collaborative um, preview type show <clears throat> show on the draft. And it's going to be on January 22nd. We're going to hold a, a comprehensive kind of uh, preview, I guess, a draft previews 2021 where Zach and I will hop on. We'll bring on all the draft guys. And we're going to go through and help you understand who all the names are to watch, especially in the first round. But we're going to keep it also focused on the premium rounds and make sure everyone's on the same page in in terms of who some of these names are. So that as you get to the daily content and this guy's thrown out this name and that guy's thrown out another, you're on the same page. And it's that much more engaging and enjoyable for the for the listener and the viewer. For my money, though, there's not really a safety I would take in round one. Uh, if I'm going defensive back, I'm going cornerback, either Sertan or I'm going uh, Caleb Farley. I, I'm, I wouldn't take a safety in round one. That's just me, though. Um, it's I think Paris Ford is the guy that you know everyone talks about as yeah. the um, the top safety in this class. Let me let me pull it up real quick. I'll, I just want to take a look. Where's my go to? Uh, here we go. 2021 prospect rankings. Bear with me one sec, gang. Like we've told you before, for Zach and I, we officially turn our attention to draft rankings and and watching prospects and learning up on them as soon as the season is officially over. Can I change this to a position? I don't think it's going to – well, let me see. 
Bear with me one second. Uh, big board. No. But uh, I don't know, Zach. I think we should maybe punt on this one for now because, Dave, ask us again, and even just a week from now, we're going to have a much better uh, angle on this than we do right this second. Well, here's what I do, though, real quick. I would cut Kareem Jackson, I'd re-sign Will Parks, and i draft a safety in the middle rounds. Done. And re-sign Simmons. All right, hold on one sec. So here are the here are the top here are the top names. Okay, I'm going to start at number one just real quick. Excuse me. So it's Javon Holland from Oregon. All right, is is ranked number one by this? Uh, I think it's Pro Football Network. Paris Ford at Pitt. Um, Hamsa. I'm going to butcher his name. Nasseroldine from Florida State. Those are probably the three guys that are going to get the most looks in rounds one and two, Zach. And and if you're the Broncos. You don't really want to spend on a safety there if you're going to hold on to Kareem. But if you're going to move on from Kareem, assuming you re-sign Simmons, as you were talking about, then it now is is something that's on the board. But the focus has to be corner and and linebacker. Yeah, I, I mean, I, even if I cut Kareem Jackson, which I would, I'm not taking a safety in round one. I would take that in the middle rounds. And you know what, Fangio, throughout his 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 coaching tenure, no matter where he's been, Chicago, Denver, he's shown he can develop safety. So you don't necessarily have to get that blue chip guy in the first round. You can wait. All right, let me just see here real quick from uh, our friend Richie Rich, who so recently shaved off this uh, glorious, luscious beard that he sported in this in this pick here, but. He says, Chad, I have to disagree a bit. When you go back and watch the early game tape where Shermer was scheming the entire field, excuse me, wide receivers were open. Drew just missed them. I agree on uh, to a certain point, Richie, that there have been plenty of times, especially early in the season, as you say, where Drew was missing wide open receivers. But has it ever at any point this year? Let me let me just serve this back to you with another question. Uh, and I'll ask you, Zach, has it at any point this year felt like palpable, obvious, recognizable that Shermer's scheme is that he's scheming to the strengths of his players? He couldn't even utilize his players. So that, that's, you know, Richie, that kind of shoots a hole in your argument there. He ignored Noah Fant. He ignored KJ Hamler. He ignored Jerry Judy. He, he wouldn't get anyone involved that wasn't named Melvin Gordon or Tim Patrick. So nothing so far. I mean, again, you can talk about Drew Locke. He's been bad at points this season. He has culpability here as well, but nothing that Pat Shermer has shown through 16 games warrants to me. I I understood second chance in Denver as the coordinator for the Broncos. Tom jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. He says, maybe Shermer is using simple entry-level plays to break Locke in slowly. I can't stand Shermer. Just a thought, guys. No, there's definitely – look – there is some truth to that. And that's why, you know, on a podcast, you have the opportunity and the time to find the nuance. All right. Part of the nuance with Shermer is the fact that he did not get the offseason reps. He did not even get onto the same field. He was not in the same physical location as his quarterback until training camp started. Okay. And so there were, he had to prioritize when you look at his scheme. Now, I haven't asked this question of any of any of the players, but I know with Mike McCoy, Okay, his his playbook had over a thousand pages in it. It was like that thick. <laughs> Wrap your dome around that. If I did, if it wouldn't make such a clunky mess, I would pull this book out right here. This is what a thousand pages looks like, but it's about this thick. Okay, so if you're Pat Shermer, let's just let's just. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Say for the sake of, of the conversation that it's maybe half of that, all right? 500 pages, all based on different alignments and, and, and different uh, personnel groupings and all this stuff. All right. Do you really expect with three and a half, four weeks of training camp from the day one? Yes, you've had some Zoom meetings. Yes, the guys have had your playbook for months by, by the time you get to training camp. But do you really expect to roll out that entire playbook day one, let's say week one, all right, to, to work through training camp with the objective of we want to have all this stuff installed and ready to go by week one, Tennessee Titans. There's no way in Sam Hill that that can be done. So without a doubt, Pat Shermer, we're not seeing the full scope of Pat Shermer's scheme. Now, we just want to be careful to not necessarily, Zach, use that as an excuse, because even if you're paring it down, I mean, look at, I want to bring up Mike McCoy again. Look at what he did when he had to jump from Kyle Orton to Tim Tebow. He went from, instead of going from, from well, similar thing. He went from big to small because he had to, right? And it was a clunky offense. It was No one was impressed except it was the most prolific rushing attack in the league that year. And, and it worked because he, he when he went from macro to micro, Zach, he did so to fit it around his QB and around his players, and that's why it worked. We haven't seen that from Shermer. I just don't know what the full scope of Pat Shermer's offense looks like. I mean, there's a reason why he was fired from the Giants. There's a reason why their young quarterback as well took a step back under him, and he was as turnover prone. I mean, there's a common denominator here, and that common denominator is Pat Shermer. So, again, Drew has not been perfect this year, but I don't think Pat was the guy for this new age type of offense in the NFL to get it done. And I saw one comment. Uh, someone brought up um, a, an older coordinator in in, the, in Miami, uh, Chan Gailey, that kind of tried to contradict what I was saying about having all young play callers. Well, let me poke a hole in that argument as well. They didn't have an offseason. 
They didn't have those reps. That's a rookie quarterback in Tua coming off a major injury. How come he looks so advanced at times? How come he looks good? How come they're winning? Everyone was on the same equal footing. Yet if you watch the Broncos offense versus literally any other offense in the NFL, pick one, any offense, theirs looks advanced and the Broncos looks like it's from 2005. That is not on the quarterback. That's on the coaching. All right, let's grab Eddie here. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate that super. He says, with Shermer staying, how can he improve his ways to help lock unlock his consistency? Love you, Chad and Zach. Hashtag hit that like button. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. We love you too, Eddie. Seriously, you're a superstar. We appreciate you. And it's been great to connect with you on Twitter for what it's worth. And all of our listeners should connect with us. We love keeping the conversation going there, especially our superstars. Make sure you connect with us. But what can what can Shermer, assuming he stays, what can he do to improve? Well, first and foremost, it's you gotta you gotta figure out how to reach lock and stop the regression from a technical perspective. If you can get Drew Locke to be a much more disciplined thrower in terms of his footwork, in terms of just all the little things that are required for a quarterback to execute a single given play on a game day, just the technical things, the talent then comes to the surface. That's what you see with all the greats is they master the technical things so that it becomes subconscious, so that it becomes second nature, so that they're not thinking about it. And then once that's done and it becomes instinctual, Zach, then the the talent just it can't be contained. It comes to the surface because now you have that foundation. That's the first focus. The second focus is you have got to start scheming better to your quarterback. And if you scheme better to your quarterback, it's going to trickle down and affect everyone else in that offense. And so how do you do that? I mean, I think you got to get Drew. I know that playing in the shotgun was his thing in college. And we we tried to kind of put lipstick on the pig, Zach, in terms of saying when, when Shermer came that, hey, you know, Runs a lot of uh, 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 13 personnel, runs a lot of gun, and that's what Locke did in college. And so, hey, it's going to be like putting on an old shoe for Drew Locke. But in the NFL, man, you have to be able to balance that out. Not everyone can be Peyton Manning running from the gun, playing and play out, and still manage to keep the opponent on his heels. More under center, more throwing on the run, more boot action, more uh, using his athleticism and his, his mobility – and, you know, that's a topic, in all honesty, Zach, that we could spend uh, multiple episodes deep diving on. Yeah, and do you know what? To answer the question, honestly, I, I personally don't think that he can improve his ways. I, I don't think Pat Shermer is the guy. You know, people have and offer what they have, and they can't offer what they don't have. And, and Pat Shermer is just giving Drew Locke what he has as a coach, Chad. Um, I'm just grabbing this one real quick, John, yeah. and then throw up uh, Aragon here. Quentin has a good question. If we go out after a veteran, who should it be? So if you're bringing in a guy to be the mentor slash actual real failsafe, not a Jeff Driscoll failsafe, because by the way, in case you guys missed it, Blake Bortles, bye-bye. The Rams swooped in, said, hey, you're on the Broncos practice squad. Would you like to be on our 53-man roster and be the backup? Sure, I'll take that upgrade. So he's Gonzo. Um, who who are you looking at of the names that we – can safely assume we're going to be available next year to be that, assuming Drew comes back, be that that mentor and failsafe. Well, first of all, I think uh, Fitzpatrick is going to, you know, uh, parlay this into a starting job somewhere next year as a full-time hold the fort guy. He's going to be too expensive either way, unless you're going to make him the starter. Alex Smith, Chad, impressed the hell out of me. I mean, I, I did not think he would come back from that leg injury, and he looked good in Washington this year. I would not mind having him, but he might be the starter there next year if they don't draft a quarterback. I do not want Jameis Winston. Um, 
honestly, who's impressed me watching him every week has been Andy Dalton in Dallas. I mean, the guy is a natural leader. He's always been kind of underrated, never, a, you know, a, a star, but kind of along that Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan scale of little low key underrated. I, I like what he's done. He has no problem being a backup, but he also said he wants to start again. That's the problem, Chad. Most of these guys that were former starters, they don't yeah. want to be backups. They want to start again. So to, to get a guy like Flacco, it happened with him. He didn't want to be a backup and he made us think about it. So it's tough to get that veteran yeah. in the building. Yeah, they wanna they wanna keep the dream alive, you know. And very few of those guys, if 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 it's a guy that was a former tenured entrenched starter that lost his opportunity for one reason or another and is now kind of relegated to backup duties, or it's they want to keep the dream alive. They want to find that opportunity where they can be the guy. And so, but you know, as far as Andy Dalton, I think he actually quite well fits the profile of what you're looking for because I don't think if he stepped into the Broncos locker room. I don't think there's anyone in that locker room that's going by pure virtue of his magnetism and resume going, this needs to be our guy. If anything, he can be that, he can be that uh, mentor. He can be an actual fail safe. And he's also got enough. He's young enough and he's got enough juice still as he's shown in Dallas to push Drew Lock for Drew Lock to kind of be like, yep. and you know, this guy's supposed to be my mentor and he has been great and he's supposed to be my backup, but I'm starting to feel the heat a little in the NFL, I think this year was a good example of, you know, my my opinion going into this offseason was give this, let this be Drew's team. Don't it's probably a good thing that you don't bring in a an outside guy that's gonna genuinely push Drew because you know he needs to kind of have the room to grow and be the guy and be the unquestioned guy. But it didn't pay the dividends. Uh, you know, I was wrong on that. I think if you would have brought someone in that could have more threatened and pushed lock, maybe it would have affected his play at some level. So I'm throwing that out the window. I'm back to the let. If, even if you go into the offseason, Zach, as with Drew as your understood starter, I think there's more utility in bringing in a guy who can check multiple boxes. Like again, mentor, failsafe, and true, co- uh, you know, competitive piece to keep Drew Lock honest. Let's say the problem is it takes two to tango, so you'd have to convince that quarterback to be a backup behind Drew Lock. Uh, one thing I do not want Gardner Minshew. I have never seen anyone more overrated for less that they've done at the NFL level than him. I want him nowhere near this locker room at all. Amen. All right, Antonio. And by the way, Alex Smith still under contract for two more years in Washington. So I don't know. I don't know. You know what his future holds, but I'm I'm guessing that Washington keeps him around as as their fail safe, regardless of what they ultimately do in the draft. Antonio, appreciate you, my friend. And he says, cannot wait for this team to surprise the league next year. A healthy Broncos team can compete with anyone. And do you guys think we'll keep Bouye and Callahan? Hashtag Broncos Country. Um, yeah, imagine a fully healthy Broncos team. That really would be something I think to behold. That's what we were all expecting to see this year. <laughs> Uh, Callahan guaranteed he's sticking around. Bouye, I honestly, right now, if I had to call it, you, you paint me in the corner. Gonzo. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Callahan does come back, but Chad, now it's a question mark. You know, once you can write it off with the foot and him having and stepping wrong and, and cracking that screw, whatever happened there. But now this is the second year in a row where he's ending the season with a foot injury, so he'll be back next year. But there's no guarantee he's going to be available or effective. Boy, yeah, yeah, you can you can clear what is it, twelve million bucks in pure cap space by 14. jettisoning him for even better. So get rid of him and draft your quarterback, your cornerback in the first round, Caleb Farley, and done. Yeah, fourteen million. That's what he is set to command next year, Bouye. And look, if we let's say the suspension happens this year, 
But before it happens and he misses the final quarter of the year, he didn't miss any prior games because of injury, which he did. You know, he missed a full quarter of the season because of that shoulder. And then he missed another one because of the, the concussion. Let's assume none of that happened. And he played at a true number one corner level. Then you say 14 million, we can live without him for two games next year because he's going to ultimately serve six games suspension. You know, it's like you, you wouldn't move on from Aqib Tlaib in 2014, for example, because he got suspended for four weeks or six weeks or whatever. And you know that going into next week or next year, he's going to be missing two games. He's playing at a number one level. That's just a, a bullet that you swallow. In the case of Bouye, you can't say that. You know, he played when he was on the field. He had a few flashes, Zach, but it was mostly very replaceable play. And I know yeah. Fangio had high hopes and, you know, he thought he was the perfect scheme fit. And so maybe that'll ultimately be the difference here and he sticks, but I doubt it. He was never really a, a true cornerback one beyond a fluke season in Jacksonville. And the Broncos made him the cornerback one, and he floundered. He's a cornerback two and over overpaid at that. Word. All right, we're about to hit the one-hour mark, so let's let's um, get through with these remaining supers, our patiently waiting superstars. Starting with WE, very underrated superstar in our community, so consistent. And my only lament, WE, is that you're not on Twitter, or if you are, we're not connected with you. So reach out to us, and uh, let's let's keep the conversation going on Twitter. He says, considering how rarely we draft in the top ten, surely we got to take a stab at a quarterback. Dolphins at pick three is an obvious trade partner. That's a good point in terms of the obvious trade partner thing. Dolphins are definitely not taking the QB this year. I mean, odds are anyway. So what's your answer for WE? But it's also obvious Elway is not going to sell the farm, especially if he thinks he can salvage Drew Locke at, a, at even a little bit. He's not going to trade up from whatever. It, it depends also where they finish, but he's not going to go right now from 10 to 3, give up multiple first-round picks and or players, and it's not surely. They don't have to draft a quarterback. They can get a guy in the middle rounds. They could sign a veteran. They can go all, all in on Drew Locke. They have other holes to fill throughout the roster in the first round. I'd much rather them stay put, save their picks, and address cornerbacker inside linebacker with another fellow blue chipper. There's way more, you know, elite prospects in this draft class than just quarterbacks, Chad. True. Um, John, I don't have 712, so if you want to throw that up, by all means, let's let's see see what you got there. Um, otherwise, while you're while you're finding that, let me just say thank you to Jess here. Superstar. Good to see you, my friend. Much love to you thank as you. well. All right. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Um, Mitch Mann. I read Zach's article about us hiring a 49ers assistant uh, coach. Could you expand on that, Zach? Would love to hear more. So in case you guys missed it, let me just posture this. We've touched on it on a couple other pods, but uh, Connor Orr of the Mothership at Sports Illustrated put out his 2021 preview, offseason preview for the Denver Broncos. And in it, obviously, there are a lot of question marks currently unresolved in terms of what the Broncos are going to do, head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback, so he was kind of like sussing some of that stuff out. And one of the topics he brought up, of course, was coordinator. And he's like, hey, man, Shermer, I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, the Broncos and Shermer, that didn't seem to be a great fit. Why not go out and get one of Kyle Shanahan's coveted assistants? And, and he's talking about Mike LaFleur, the brother of uh, the other LaFleur in Green Bay. What's his name? I just had Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. In, uh, in Green Bay. But he's the offensive game coordinator for Shanahan or Mike McDaniel who is the run game coordinator under Shanahan. So your thoughts on that, Zach? 
I mean, I think that's a great choice because they're both younger and they both have been around Kyle Shanahan, obviously. But not only that, they've been involved in game planning. They've been involved in play calling and they are annually two of the most hyped uh, assistant prospects in the NFL. That's if, though, that's presupposing that the Broncos fire Pat Shermer and Connor Orr, like the rest of the national media, they are not as privy to the information we are. And we know that Pat Shermer is probably coming back. But I like his thinking, though. If they've replaced Shermer, a 50-something-year-old guy who seemed a little added soon with today's NFL, you go after a guy who's younger, who's been around one of the best in the NFL, and you kind of, you know, right that wrong from 2017 when you pass over Kyle Shanahan for Vance Joseph. You can get one of his assistants. You can pick from that tree, as unlikely as I think it ultimately is. Yeah, and the one thing to keep in mind is a lot of people are poo-pooing it just off the off the cuff because they're like, well, we tried that with Rich Gangarello. You really think the Broncos are going to go back to that, try to go back to that well? They should have never left that well. It was working. Yeah. For what it's worth, I want to give Eric Trickle some credit on this. He's been all about McDaniel for a long, long time. Eric Trickle's been talking about Broncos need to go get Mike McDaniel for – at least four years now he's been talking about pounding that table. I doubt it happens. I mean, look how zealously Shanahan guarded and protected Scangarello, who at the time was just his right. quarterback's coach. You think he's going to let one of those two guys go? All right, we're running out of time. So Mark, again, jumping in. Thank you, my friend. He says, mistakes taken. I actually do like the culture that Fangio has established. No infighting, and the guys seem to fight for him. Do whatever at OC, but I like Don Fangio. Unless, also, unless uh, we're at pick five, stick with Drew. Zach? Uh, do they fight for him, though? Uh, we've seen multiple instances where they kind of give up at the end of games. You saw it in Buffalo. I mean, you saw it on that Sam Darnold run with arm tackles. And you see it, you know, honestly pretty consistently throughout the game with Kareem Jackson making business decisions. They fight for him I, I guess on a consistent basis, but there's been times, Chad, where they've quit on the coach and they quit on the defense, and that you know that's not forgotten either. You know, I would honestly say there have been times we've been critical. You know, giving up that final drive to Justin Herbert just on Sunday, it wasn't an ob- as obvious against as it was against the Bills. You know, where you're just giving up. It felt like at times in that game late, the Broncos just gave up, but. I think for the most part, even Drew Locke talked about this today, you know, they're a hard fighting team and that's because of the culture that Fangio has instilled. And so, you know, I don't really question that too much, but I also wonder, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a grass is always greener, you know, coaching envy type thing. You will always wonder what else might be out there, but I don't, I think Fangio has coached a relatively resilient and hard nosed young team, but the results just haven't, haven't come. So I'm just dying to see. I want to see this setup. I want to see the Drew as the as the quarterback, this collection of of skill players and offensive line and Fangio's defense healthy. I want to see these units healthy and see what they could do in the league and that would ultimately give the answer to all this stuff whether or not the Broncos are on the right track. Um Zach real quick before you reply to that, do you have John Christopher and then we'll grab Dale and I think we're about out of here. Christopher, appreciate you, dog. He says, I kind of have this conspiracy theory. Washington will push for a trade to get luck. Trey Lance, round one, way too high. You're, I, I tend to agree, Zach, that Trey Lance kind of scares me a little bit, especially with the way, you know, Carson Wentz's career has turned the way it has. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you, you can't necessarily 
you know, sins of the father, right? You can't blame the the uh, sins of the father on the on the kid, and in the same way, you can't necessarily blame the sins of one North North Dakota State quarterback's failures on the next one. But you know, it's just like we say about Ohio State quarterbacks want nothing to do with it. Your thoughts though on, on Trey Lance? Uh, you know, they might have to uh, have Alex Smith be the, the holdover guy. You mentioned he's under contract next year, so I think he stays there. And they could draft like the Broncos. They can draft a guy in the middle rounds. They don't really have to trade for Drew Locke. Um, they can go with a Mac Jones type. And it also depends on if the Broncos like Locke. If he's the guy, they're not going to trade him either way. So, again, it takes two to tango. I would not be surprised if Elway comes out next week and says Locke is, you know, he has – a tenuous status or indicates he might not be the guy. It would not surprise me if he does get trade interest, but I don't think he's going to be flipped this offseason. He doesn't really have any any value, honestly. I mean, I think you could trade him. Like if you if you said, I'm hell bent on getting Drew Locke the heck out of here because he's a cancer, which he's not. So this is like this is not a real scenario. But let's just say you were committed to finding a way to get Drew Locke out of here and you wanted to get something in return. I think you could find a willing trade partner out there. In fact, I think Kyle Shanahan would be a guy open to talking about mm-hmm. getting Drew Locke. But as Zach's p- point here, you know, is what's he really worth though in terms of what you get back? Probably at best, at best, you know, a mid-round pick, maybe a, a at, maybe at the absolute best, a third rounder at the absolute best, but probably more like a fifth round pick is what you could get out of Drew. And that's only a, a an exchange you make, Zach, if you've completely given up on Drew. Right. And and why would that team not just use that mid round pick to draft a quarterback and maybe who has maybe a higher ceiling than Drew Locke? So it's it's a kind of a uh, a unique question, I should say. Dale, good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Consistent as it comes, he says. Simple fact is, there's way too much talent on this team to be performing like they are. That's coaching or lack thereof. I agree, especially on the offensive side. That's why we're talking the Shermer thing. Defense, I, I mean, I don't know what else you expect Fangio to do, to be frank. Like, this dude's bubble gum, you know, duct tape, whatever he can find to keep this thing together in the wake of the injury bugs, just devastation. Offensively, though, yes, this is a – yes, they're young, and so that's the excuse. You know, that's those are the talking points you're hearing out of Dove Valley is we're really young. We're exceedingly young on offense. True, but it's not – the ultimate um, – you can't use that as the ultimate excuse to pardon what has been obviously a pretty lackluster coaching job. And, and on defense, it kind of – it adds to the case that the, that the Broncos have a lot of talent on this roster because in Von Miller's stead, Chubb became a pro bowler and Malik Reed became a pretty good starter. So they have talent on this roster. And on offense, you know, you can make the – yeah, they've had injuries and Cortland Sutton's loss. But when you have Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, that's two Pro Bowl running backs, two former 1,000-yard guys. You draft a first-round receiver. You have a, you draft a second-round receiver. You have Tim Patrick. You have Deshaun Hamilton. You have a first-round tight end. You have an offensive line that you've invested a lot of money and or draft picks in. There's a lot of talent on this team, Chad. And that's what's so maddening to me that Pat Shermer or the coaches – don't utilize it to their advantage. And if you put this talent on the Chiefs or the Packers, they look a lot better. When you mentioned Locke with Kyle Shanahan, my ears perked. I would love mm-hmm. to see that for just a few games. All right, last one, and then we got to get out of here really quick because we have a thing we got to do at 730. So, Tom, appreciate this super, my friend. Again, he says, um, Micah Parsons, 6'4", 240, runs a sub-440. He's a beast, a generational football player. Elway has to trade up and get him. Really the only piece we need. Thanks. Yeah, we're worse. We share your opinion, Tom, that that Parsons is 
has to be one of the top targets for the Broncos. And they might not have to trade up to get him. If they finish five or seven or six, whatever, they might, he might be in prime territory. And yeah, it's for me right now, it's between Parsons and Farley, and I'm all in on Micah Parsons. That is my guy. I watched Devin White a few weeks ago and, and with the Buccaneers, and I was sold. You have to have that dynamic three down inside linebacker, and Micah Parsons is that. All right, guys, we got to go for now. Thanks to each and every one of you for being with us tonight. Mile high salute to our superstars. And those of you who gave us stars on Facebook and our supporters, Thank much love guys. to you. Follow on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, Chad and Jensen, and then our producer, of course, John Cronenberg on Twitter, at John KMHH. I'm going to sign us off real quick because we got this 730 thing. So we'll see you tomorrow night, same time, guys, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. For Zach, I'm Chad. We will see you all then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.